he's Captain America. You just got to keep him in the in the mix. Or is he? Is Pulisic no longer? Is he all of a sudden Captain <laughs> Brazil? Captain Brazil. That's the, that's your one liner right there. <laughs> right. Mm, mm. It just turns out, yeah, he has some heritage. And... You uh, Photoshop his his head over Captain America, but then you take his shield away or something. Just think <laughs> about it, you. I think about it. Has Captain America lost his shield? <laughs> He's pretty vulnerable. That ankle is Achilles' heel. Captain America no longer an Avenger. Right. Exactly. Ooh, nice. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking footy, life, playing games, playing mind games. we got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y, Fellas Pod. Today we got another grab bag of footy topics with everything going on around the world. We've got Ronaldo's return, Premier League rundown, U.S. men's national team, MLS, international breaks, And then probably the last 45 minutes or so talking about the Minnesota Vikings week one performance. (laughs) So we got a We got a serious episode coming your way. We sure do. We're excited for it. You know, it's um, a little extra energy amongst us footy fellas now with the Premier League back for the weekend. A little break with international play. We'll talk about it, but there's a little buzz when the Prem is on. And the bees are out separately, but related to Premier League buzz. Bees are everywhere. This is I didn't plan on talking about this, but I'm ready to go off right now because the bees have been all different types of bees. I think it's a it's a real thing, right? Like scientifically, it's being talked about in the news. Yeah, I got stung four times yesterday and all up forearm, two on my forearm, one on my calf and one on my uh, lower back. Um, Jones, you got where'd you get stung again? I, you were telling me yesterday. Uh, I got well, I don't want to talk. Well, I don't know if I can say it on, on live. It, I got stung. That's all. That's all we need to know. Doctors don't know how to do anything. Like there's, there's nothing we can do about it. That's that's probably the terrifying. But it's just like there is nothing we can do about it. He's not going to say where it happened. Yeah. But he hasn't been able to sit down for about two days now. I haven't been able to sit down, stand up, walk, breathe, or make paninis. So let your imagination run wild, kids. This is all pre-recorded Jones talk. He's sleeping right now as we, <laughs> as we do this <laughs> episode. Oh, wait, stung by a bee? Oh, it's totally separate. Uh, that, that, that's uh, got stung on a bee on my calf. Yeah, no, that's a little itchy, but it's all good. <laughs> when the doctor gets to the list of what you can't do because of an injury and finishes it off with, like, can't make paninis. Yeah. You know, it's all very serious stuff right. and then can't make paninis. Right. That's the final straw. That would send some people over the edge. It's like, okay, so there's, it's like, it could be completely random. Like, do you think doctors do that? Do you think they're like <laughs> listing the things and they just kind of throw it in there to see if there gets a reaction? They just kind of sprinkle in like, yeah, you, you got to stay off your ankle for a little bit. You have to sit, sit, probably prop it up every once in a while, ice it, repeat, wrap it. Uh, you also just can't make pasta for like two weeks. Um, but otherwise, like, you know, should be smooth sailing. Two and a half weeks and you're, you're back on your feet again. You just do you ask or do you just, yeah, okay, cool, doc. Makes sense. Harvey Elliott's doctor, you know, uh, oh, Harvey, um, 
no more Sunday walks with grandma anymore. You need no more. It's, you got to lay off it for at Any, least six weeks. Anybody but grandma. Literally anybody <laughs> but grandma. Continue doing it, but with grandma, you got to stay away. That was a brutal one, which we'll get to when we talk about Liverpool. That was, that was tough to watch. I'm almost mad at myself for finding the video online. It's one of those injuries. <laughs> and so if you saw that, if you found a video of that, Jones was 10 times worse. Yeah. What happened to him from that B? Yeah. Or, or I mean, if, if you think I look, you should see what that B looked like. All right. Like, because it didn't die. It just no, looked. It looked, it was it looked, bad it looked, it looked bad. It looked like it was hung over. It maybe well, lost a job. It looked a little depressed. It did not look good. On the bright side, a nice consequence of all the bee action is that we, we've been enjoying our honey. Um, I'm sticky right now um, as I was digging in the honey pot right before this episode's airing. My mouse and keyboard are covered in honey, so it's gross and terrifying, and I think I need to get a new computer. But You got your been- case... Your case is kind of special. It's even more special than Jones, you could argue, because you got stung by one of those Spider-Man type bees, one of those turn mm-hmm. you into a superhero type bees. Mm-hmm. Is it a blessing and a curse that you're oozing honey out of all your pores? Yeah. <laughs> is it more of a blessing than a curse? Yeah. You know, kind of is what it is, like free honey. You just walk around, you're the honey man. You walk around the neighborhood, it's Mr. Honey Man. Yep, yep. You ever add extra honey to your Honey Nut Cheerios? Bam, got it. You ever add honey to your parfaits in the morning, your little yogurt, fruit, berries, oatmeal? Bam. Mm. The honey in my coffee, I could go without. The honey on my ham sandwiches, I could go without. But, you know, take your wins, you take your losses at the same time. So watch out. If you're you're out there and you see bees around, these are just a couple of the things that could happen to you. So pay extra attention because... I very seriously think there's a, an extra bee problem this summer. A lot of folks I've been talking to dealing with bees, different strategies, putting peppermint on the arms, which I did before going out to dinner last night because I was told that helps with bees. Uh, they stay away from it, you know, bee traps, all that good stuff. So figure it out, figure it out. Um, but the other thing, getting a lot of buzz, Ronaldo's return, Cristiano, the who? man himself. Who? One more time. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know who that is. No, okay. idea he plays for Brazil. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, that Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. The OG he still plays. You you want me to go first? This is all Jonesy. Jonesy's round. I'm all this up is his in boy. it. I'm all up in it. Silence, Liverpool fan, because <laughs> Ronaldo is back, and he's wearing United's red. Um, what a what a morning. What a what a great morning. I think coming into it, coming into it, we were everybody was thinking. You know, Ronaldo is going to, you know, score two goals. Everyone was like, he's definitely going to do something. Everyone's expectations were met and we were all very happy. But but realistically, uh, we went over to a, a fellow United's ha- uh, friend's house um, uh, bright and early. They had a little breakfast as we watched the game. Um, and Ronaldo did Ronaldo stuff. Um, I think I think on the face of it and let's, let's I'll just overall. United won four to one. They played Newcastle. Newcastle was solid. Uh, they were tied one to one beginning of the second half. It seemed like it actually might, you know, be a bit more of a contest. And then the game just kind of slipped away from Newcastle as United, uh, you know, pushed a couple in. And and then the, the scoreline I don't think is as reflective as perhaps what the gameplay really looked like for the majority of the game. Um, 
Ronaldo. His goals, I think people can argue, were a little lame. Like they were a little, maybe a little lucky. The ball happened to be popped in front of him and he just dinked that first one in. Um, and then the second one, you know, went right through the goalie's legs. I think those, those are signs that he is who he is. Like he is going to get you goals because he knows how to read the box. He knows how to make his movements. The second goal, he did a ton to actually get that in goal. The power that he hit it with. Um, I, it, I think it, the first touch, like everything involved uh, has just solidified that Ronaldo is going to be a problem for other teams. He's going to be a problem for fantasy teams if he's not on your team. And then he's also uh, going to be a problem for you know Liverpool and Chelsea when they inevitably lose to his good looks and good <laughs> skills. Um, Eli, you were there watching the game with me. Um, did you also think to yourself that United definitely are going to win <laughs> the Prem now? We were, I see, we were joking after the game because one of, I forget which Sky Sports commentator or uh, it, was, it was the Peacock. NBC, it was the yeah. Peacock stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, the analysts afterward was like, yeah, I think this is a sign United are definitely going to win the league. And or like, so, or like have definitely improved their chances. Yeah. Or oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we just stuck onto that and we're kind of bantering about that afterwards. She also let Fops know that I think at that same that same commentator group did say after Arsenal beat Norwich City one to zero, Arsenal are off and running. So you know, very questionable uh, quotes coming from the commentator group here. As Arsenal did win one to zero to Norwich City, the worst team in the Prem, and that goal was horrendous. So, so Jones, I hope you uh, take that with a grain of salt. What the commentators were saying. I mean, we were all rolling our eyes heavily when yeah. uh, when when they said that. <laughs> <laughs> the question, I think it was Rebecca was like, uh, Rebecca Lowe was like, you know, okay, does this so, you know, does this really improve their chances? And they were like, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. without, without. <laughs> Which, when you take the jokes away, does it absolutely improve their chances? Yeah. Like, it's Ronaldo on right. menu. Right. And they were, all, we had already, all of us pegged them to be top four. I forget how we ranked them in our preseason table, but are they definitively top three now? Yeah. Does it feel like they're they have an edge on Liverpool just because they have a Ronaldo up top? Probably. And if you're if you're considering Chelsea and City just with the firepower they have, I mean Liverpool will contend. We're going to get to their their game in a sec because uh, that was a pretty wild one. But just thinking about United now, what we folks expect of them, how people are going to enjoy their games and follow their games, it's just going to be a whole nother level. Like that's what a Ronaldo does to you. That's what Messi. We don't follow we don't follow league league enough, but that's what Messi's done to that league. I'm sure, like TV ratings, everything has just gone up. They're that good and they're that legendary. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It does does mean they're absolutely going to win the league? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quick quick comments on the top four uh, for Fofs. A reminder: United, City, Chelsea, Liverpool. I was talking when I was watching with my buddy today the Liverpool Leeds game. I was saying, you know, this performance that is a first half. I really do think Leeds is the fourth best team of the top four. This is not, you know, they aren't showing the firepower that they need to be uh, to to contend for the top. And they're the fourth best right now. It's not you good. Said, did you say Leeds or Liverpool? Did I said Leeds or Liverpool. You I meant Liverpool. You mean Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I said Leeds. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, top four. They're the fourth best of the top four, which uh, is not great if you're trying to win the league. So, um. But I think, uh, yeah, United and I think Chelsea, all the commentators were in love with Chelsea. I didn't realize everyone thought Chelsea was the best team in the Prem. But uh, look, I guess we have different opinions. No, they're quite good. Lukaku, Ronaldo, 
we talked about this in the past episode, who's going to have the better season. And you know, for those guys, it really comes down to goals and assists, but who knows if they're going to get a lot of assists. But look, they both came out this weekend and they were showing it. Speaking of assists, shot for shot. Yeah, assists. What, Pogba? Pogba had a couple. Who is that guy? Who is that? He is reborn. His his assists. Is that Burna Boy? If if we're if we're gonna (laughs) Oh my god. He he also was uh, like seen on stage at a concert afterwards. the, the, the guys he's he's awesome um but if like one of the last storylines for the united game is is pogba gets more you know assists another two notched on his belt seven on the season it's more than skulls paul skulls legend uh attacking mid back in the day more assists than he ever got in a complete whole season mind-blowing wow. absolutely mind-blowing so you know and his assists i mean let's be honest pogba literally just passing it like horizontally and then someone takes it dribbles and hits an amazing shot like you know, <laughs> Bruno did also that's another storyline Bruno is back and hits a great goal it's incredible so things are looking good from United standpoint I have no concerns we're gonna win the league it's incredible thank you quick quick question though I'm trying to think of I'm thinking of the goals that Man United scored did they tally um Pogba with two assists in that game yes Yes, he his first one was his horizontal pass to Bruno, who then teed up and just ripped it. And the other was he, he was the one who poked it in the box. Lingard. Yes. yes. Oh, my. they dummy. gave him that? The it dummy. Was, was dummy. Well, no one else touched it. I mean, in the book, that's an assist. Oh, he is that how that works? Oh, yeah, the no dummy is it. so nice. Yeah. For all you fops, Martial. It was Martial, right? Yeah. yeah. So. A nice dummy. Just let the ball roll right through his legs. It, it's it's a really nice move, you know. It throws the defenders off for sure. And Lingard, Lingard did do some good work to finish that ball. You look like a genius if the dummy works out and you're the one that went for it. You look like a genius if it doesn't work out. As long as it's in the final third, it's like, oh, okay, good chance. Like he he was smart enough to see a player behind him and think about making a run off that player. It's a low risk, high reward move trying to to run a dummy. Which if you don't know what that is and you're listening. You basically just feign like you're going to collect the ball, but you let it run through your legs. You let it run past you, and then you know there's a player behind you on your team who's going to collect it. But Chelsea definitely aren't dummies. Bring in Lukaku going shot for shot with Ronaldo this weekend. It feels like the differentiator for the for the top four teams, they all have such uh, solid defensive units at this point, both through acquiring players in the offseason, Liverpool getting Van Dyke back, um, City just has so many options back there that they've paid a lot of money for over the last three, four years. It's going to be who has that goal scorer. And they all have such good attacks as well. You could spin this any way you want, but it feels like all of their defenses are going to rack up a ton of shutouts. Is Ronaldo better than Lukaku at just getting goals? You know, does City have an option they can actually count on up top when they're playing Man U, playing Liverpool, playing Chelsea? Is Lukaku going to just go berserk this year like he did at Inter last year? And whichever forward decides they're going to put the team on their back, that could be the differentiator. Take home the league. Yeah, we'll absolutely. See. I don't want to hype up um, Ronaldo too much because I'll let the rest of the world do that, the commentators. Yeah, he's solid, uh, to be fair. Very good. But um, I want to touch on your point, Jones, about you know his goals might have seemed easy or might have seemed like tap-ins. You know, I think to a, to a non-soccer fan or a non-usual watcher of, of the sport, it might seem that way, but I mean, like you said, he just knows where to be. That's important. Um, he reacted incredibly fast to the first goal, which was a tap in, but poor goalkeeping. He finished it nicely. 
and the second one was was quite nice um a lot of work from him so hell yeah i see two of your favorite teams played each other liverpool leeds what was your experience like watching that match? had both the scarves the leeds and the liverpool scarf over at the watch <laughs> party with my boy um another max there's so many maxes in this gosh darn world our small world that we live in um no, okay, so breakdown of the game. It was uh, it was a good game. I think it started off the way that we all hoped it would. It was open, and there were opportunities at both ends. Leeds, fifth minute. Rodrigo, he had a good amount of space in the box, and he just ripped it right at Allison. Should have been a goal. He should have just inside foot placed it either corner. Um, so that was a big let off for Leeds. I think at that point then, Liverpool started to, to control a bit more, and they – they were pushing on on the attack um, on the Leeds end, and you know they eventually got their goal from a nice Trent Alexander Arnold ball across to Mo Salah, which Matip from the back, big defender Matip came up and was in foreign territory in the final third, but played a great ball to, to Trent, got the hockey assist. So that was fantastic play. Love to see the defenders getting involved, um, and then it was his tail. As any Liverpool fan knows well this season, especially, is that you know we score the goal and we dominate. There are chances left and right and left and right, and uh, they put nothing in. It, it's very frustrating. Them keeping it at one zero at halftime was just an invitation for Leeds to to come back and and get the tie. Um, but hate to see it. It kind of seems like, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, if. You know, in games like this where they're creating so many chances, the the attacking players are like, oh, well, you know, I missed, but we'll just do it, do it again in a couple minutes. You know, whatever. We just did it so easily this time. We'll just get it the next time. It just seems like that that sort of lackadaisical nonchalantness of uh, some of the attacking plays is uh, going to end up hurting the team going, going forward, right? Because if we would have won the game by four goals, we'd be top of the Premier League. And then that leads my point to Mane, who I love a little healthy uh, competition between Mo, Mo Salah and Mane. That's fun. But when it starts to uh, be detrimental to the team and the, ta- and the table standings, that's where things, that's not good. So Mane got his goal, but at what cost? You know, he could have he had a nice assist to Mo at a couple points. Um, the team was, was setting him up very nicely a few times. He couldn't finish. Um, but, you know, 3-0 win at the end of the day, very solid. Leeds looked extremely sloppy in the final third. Eli, we've talked about this before. They don't look like the Leeds of last season. Something's not right. Um, like to see Daniel James uh, from Man United start and make his debut. That was great. I hope they use him a lot more. Um, he did look a bit shaky, but you're coming in against Liverpool down 2-0. That's tough. Um, and then I wish, um, I think we all wish Harvey Elliott speedy recovery. Brutal, brutal injury. Looks like an ankle dislocation is what I saw online. So hopefully a few weeks. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully a couple months and he'll be training again. Great breakdown. Great analysis of the game. Liverpool game as always, I see. Do we all see the red card? Were we all watching at that point or no? I was I was cooking and and so I just heard the announcers like being like, oh, and then I looked and I missed so I missed it. I didn't see it in particular. Yeah. 
It's one of those, you know, it's bad when the other players are immediately waving over the medical staff. Salah, who's right next to him, was like right away waving people over. And you didn't, you couldn't tell what had happened from that angle. And then they, the coverage cut away pretty quickly because it was kind of gruesome. So it was, it was one of those moments kind of, you know, Christian Erickson asked where it's just like, oh man, I hope he's all right. Pretty bad. Yeah. There's just a quick comment on the red card. You know, we thought when we were watching and the red card came out, both me and Max thought, um, you know, VAR must have told the ref, hey, this is bad. On the video, you should do something. You should punish the the player who committed the foul. Uh, it actually turned out to be just the ref on the field making the decision, like, this is bad. I'm going to give you a red card because look at this injury. Something must have been bad. And I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because I don't think there was anything malicious. I have not watched the replay. I don't want to watch the replay. But in the moment, there didn't seem to be anything malicious. It did look awkward at speed of play um truthfully i i once the tackle happened i kept my eye on harvey elliott because it did look awkward um and when i saw mo salah freaking out then i was like oh god something bad happened so i don't know i think that you know it might have been a a, an aggressive tackle i felt like he won the ball um this is a soccer type play an injury is part of sport no one intends to injure most of the time i don't think this was intentional Injury is part of the game, of part of the sport. Um, and it's just unfortunate that he got injured. So I would, I would imagine Leeds. Um, what do they, they, they? Uh, what do you do? You uh, freaking challenge the red challenge. Card. Yeah, you really challenge the red card, yeah. or you you fight it. Appeal, I don't appeal. think appeal. Yeah. There it is, appeal. I, I, I think the appeal to this red card will be upheld, and they, he'll, he won't have a red card. I 100% agree with you, dude. That's exactly what I was thinking after. Like, how can the ref on the field who's watching the injury unfold then later make the decision that it is deserving of a red? Because obviously the guy's writhing on the ground. But that, how are you going to let that influence you, like making the calls ref? So I agree with you. But uh, So you're happy Liverpool got the win, but you're not thrilled by their performance, how poor they did finishing-wise. Pretty much. Yeah, yes. Oh, also, before I forget, because I did rant about Henderson last week. <laughs> okay, he came off the bench today and actually played well. Um, he did do much better than last week. And I think in my mind, and I'm hoping him and Klopp have internalized that uh, he is a bench player, you know, come off the bench type player versus a starter. For me, sign me up. That's okay with me. I think that works very well. The, uh, the lack of attacking uh, prowess, or at least finishing ability, definitely, um, there, I think there's, there's, there's two stories to that from this game in particular. One was, um, uh, and not even this game, I guess we're talking about this season, is really what we're talking about, the scope of the season. Liverpool is dangerous. They, unequivocally, they are getting chances for themselves, they are getting the box, and unfortunately, they're not getting the yield that they should be. I, I would love to look at the expected goal. Um, ratio for for Liverpool, for example. Um, it does feel like it's a little bit of a bottleneck right now, but those goals will be coming soon enough. That said, I don't think they're going to be coming from the players or the people that it needs to be coming from. So, you know, the key to Liverpool's success in winning the Premier League two years ago, feels like forever now, uh, was the front three. I mean, they, they had a complete team. There's a spine to it, right? And Henderson and, and Van Dyke, and then the the advent of Trent and, and Robertson, and like that was great. But really, like the, the crown jewel was their front three with Salah, 
Firmino and Mane, the best front three in Europe, technically like at that time. I feel like definitely you've seen this decline with Firmino over the past year and a half or so. Firmino's just like kind of not, he's just not clicking. He's, things aren't, it's just not there for him. But Mane, I believe, and maybe I'm just overanalyzing him. Maybe I'm just putting too much on, on projecting onto him. But from what I've seen this season, he doesn't seem like he's the explosive guy that he used to be. He doesn't seem like the athletic, you know, wild card who will dismantle any player defender one-on-one or create this, you know, um, separation in the box that, you know, was thought to be physically impossible. He doesn't seem to have that explosiveness anymore. And I wonder if it's just like, he's a little off and he'll start, he'll, he'll find it again. Um, or if he's legitimately like just kind of getting a little older and that's kind of the case with Firmino too. And Salah seems like he's still crisp. He's still athletic and very dynamic and effective. Jota clearly is also in a similar, you know, like readiness and ability, but I worry. So back to that point about Liverpool finishing maybe fourth, if you had to rank them, power rank them right now, I totally would not be surprised if Liverpool finished top two or something like that. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they they finished fourth because I don't think Liverpool can win a title if Mane isn't Mane. And uh, and just Jota and Salah are not nearly enough to, to carry this Liverpool team um, through all the way for 30-plus games this season. So I don't know if you guys feel similarly about those guys, but... I, I'm a little, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, this is definitively Liverpool's last year that they are going to vie for a title with this core group because otherwise next year, I definitely feel like Salah at least has to start getting a little slower too. And then once he's done, then your front three is just not a front three. Sadio Mane to me still has the explosiveness. I think that uh, one thing that I'm seeing and I noticed today is that He'll, he'll, he has that explosiveness still, but he doesn't utilize it in the way he used to maybe in the sense that he gets that first step, first one or two steps on the defender, but then he wants to wait for the defender to get back, set themselves up, and then go at them again. You know, it's, it kind of seems like he just toys like a cat with a mouse, you know, defender um, and the attack when he should, you know, some instances where he'd be the defender, he should have just shot it right away, but then he would like pulls it back, waits for the guy to come set himself up. It's like, what are you doing? You know? Make a decision, pass it, shoot it. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I mean, interesting comments, Jones. So I hope he, he he needed the goal today. If he didn't get a goal today, he would be very frustrated. And sometimes he can be a bit of a head case. So I'm glad he got it. Hopefully, he can start passing again to Mohamed Salah, and uh, things will be good. I haven't seen 30 shots on a score sheet in a while, unless I'm looking at some some U12 local action. Am I right? <laughs> They have score sheets for U12? No, like at the game. Oh, okay. You keep your own score sheet. Yeah, like at the game. Big win for Liverpool. Big win for Man U. Uh, Rundown of the other action in the EPL this weekend, in case you missed it. Tottenham, who were top of the table, lose 3-0 with a red card to Crystal Palace. Huge win for Crystal Palace. Big win for Wolves, who had struggled to score all season up to this game, beating Watford 2-0. Watford sort of looking like starting to look like the punching bag of the league alongside Norwich, who lost to Arsenal 1-0. Brighton, though, Brighton, who everyone last year, a lot of XG calls saying they should be doing better than they are. What's going on? They are, I was just looking at the standings. They won 1-0 against Brentford, and they're sitting in fifth. Thank you, Icy. So right up there with the big boys. 
tied with Tottenham, Man City, good for Brighton. West Ham, Southampton drew nil-nil. Chelsea beat Villa 3-0. We didn't talk about that, but we mentioned Lukaku bagging two goals. So Chelsea's continuing their hot run of form. And Man City beat Leicester 1-0 in a game that they dominated shots-wise, but only put one on the board. I don't think I can remember a Man City 1-0 win uh, in in a long time. Um, now, that could be due to my poor memory, but I really don't think that it's happened very often. So uh, interesting to see. I'm thinking, I personally think that they don't have the firepower they used to. Yes, okay, 1-0 against Leicester City, and they scored 5-0 in the first matches that they played this season. So, I mean, they can definitely score goals, but um, I don't know. To me, Jack Grealish won't be worth the money. Eh, I mean, Bernardo scored their goal. He's not a goal scorer. It was kind of an Arsenal-esque, you know, ugly 1-0 win over Norwich. Granted, I did not watch any of those games. Just saw the highlight. Bernardo scoring is unusual for City, especially if that's their only goal. All true. We're going to take a quick break before we come back talking about U.S. men's national team, big dub against Honduras, and MLS international break news. Stick around. Today, instead of a sponsor, even though we have a million of those lined up, we're instead going to bring you some unsolicited advice from the footy fellas. Icy, please tell people what they should be doing. All right, Fofs. If you ever wake up early on a weekend to do something athletic, because you want to, you want to work out, you want to get in the groove and make get yourself hyped for the weekend and just feel good. When someone asks you later that day, hey, how are you doing? You know, what do you got planned for today? And you've already worked out. Don't tell them exactly what you did that morning. You'll just make them feel bad about themselves for not waking up at six in the morning before the sun rises and, and getting a workout in. Just tell them that you're excited for the day and that you've got uh, great things coming up. You feel good. So you're looking out for folks' relationships slash flexing. You don't want to flex. Athletic achievements on a weekend, don't flex like that. Don't do it. Res- respect, respect. Jones, unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice is uh, don't don't look at the don't look at the prices um, on the menu when you when you go to a bar when you're going out on the weekend and you're just you're trying to drink and stuff. Don't look at that. Just just get just get just get the shots. Don't look at the prices. That'll slow you down. That'll really slow. You. Let, let's that's tomorrow's you. To, like that's for them to worry about tonight. No, nah, just get the drinks. Just pay for it. Just do it. Have fun. And if you're looking for a reason to do so, a an invitation, an allowance, there you go. There it is from Jones. Yes. Don't look at the menu. Spend, don't look at the price. Spend the money. But don't also count the money. Just do it. Hopefully this helped y'all out who are listening. And we're going to jump into some U.S. men's national team action. Jones and I were watching the game together. We got really invested. We were really we were, into we that were, game. We were in context. We were also jazzed up because we had played a men's league game. Uh, a first first for us it was eight on eights and uh, i think there was just like we would you know properly just energized after running around for an hour or so so that was definitely like coming into it it was like oh we're invested in this game we're already physically physiologically amped up and what do we got yeah and the other background last week if you listen to episode 77 Seven. yep. last week this is 78 quick math uh we, talk, we each talked a little bit. We had a quick monologue on the state of U.S. men's national team soccer after their first two, a draw and a loss in the, or two draws. Two two draws, but very unsatisfying, very lackluster draws to start off the qualifying campaign for the World Cup. And Icy, 
reamed out uh, Burhalter. Fair. Been hearing a lot of that in the news. Jones and I were not feeling good, but we I think we both said, like, let's hopefully not panic. Hopefully we don't hit the panic button yet. And a lot of it hinged on this game versus Honduras on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and so watching that game, they go down 1-0 early in the 27th minute, and they didn't even look good. Like, they didn't even have chances, maybe one or two early, but they really didn't look good. So it felt like more of the same was coming until they turned it turned it all around. Halftime, halftime the commentators were, so what, Charlie Davies... Clint Dempsey and uh, Guchen Yewu, they were all like, this is horrible. Like, this is really bad. We look bad. We're playing bad. We're down 1-0 away at, like, playing against Honduras, who was, who just tied, you know, Canada uh, previously, like, you know, last week. So it was looking like a doomsday scenario. Um, And and I think, I think you and I, Eli, were both kind of like, a little hysterical, like a little laughing, like this is actually like this is pretty bad. Like this. What is- <laughs> if we don't make the world cup <laughs> <Right>. again? <laughs> like this could get really, really bad. Um, and then, uh, and then I was throwing stuff like, nah, watch, it's gonna be three one. We're gonna win it. We're gonna pull it out. Or you something said three like one when we were down one 0 You did say three one. And what happened? Burhalter makes a ton of subs, switches the formation up, a little more attacking. Uh, and um, who were some key players like that really stuck out in that in that in that first half? Anthony Robinson is like the first name you think of. Got subbed on at half. Exactly, yeah, he was a huge sub. And he's he's pushing down the left side, gets in the first goal, and once they scored in the 48th minute, it that's like always a great sign. You score at the beginning of a half, it's like okay, this could be a um, this could be a game changer. What were you? thinking as you either followed the game icy or, or saw some of those highlights afterwards. Yeah. So I, I didn't watch the game live. Um, just saw the highlights and I thought I was, I was very impressed with Pepe, the young 18 year old, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he plays for, again, I'm guess I think Dallas, I think he plays for FC Dallas and MLS. And I heard about him once when he scored a, you know, young kid scoring a hat trick. That's great. He comes in and, and brings, a goal to the U.S. men's national team, which is which is awesome. I hope he's going to be a bright star for us. So, um, my big takeaway was Pepe, stud. He's very good. My, I'm keeping my eye out, my eye on him as we go forward. He was unreal. We all shared in our chat that compilation of just his moments from the game, both defensively tracking players down, work rate, passing the ball. Obviously, his goal is beautiful header goal, which is I mean he's a huge player, huge man, and he is great in the air, which is amazing for a central striker, obviously. And he scored another goal for, for Dallas like that uh, this past weekend. So he's just all over the place. Like he's all over the field in a good way. And it feels like he is now going to be their starting striker for all these qualifying games going forward. He, he really proved himself in his debut. What was the, uh, what was that comment that you'd overheard about his natural ability? Yeah. Heath, Heath Pierce, a former U S soccer player, said on Instagram, or I think said in real life, and it sparked some backlash and, and conversation on Instagram, which was cool to follow, saying Pepe is the first natural striker that the U.S. soccer team has ever had. Like the first really natural striker in terms of his finishing ability, just how he moves on the pitch. And it's different from being a great striker who can bang in some goals, but he called him the first natural striker. And uh, who was it? Who did I mention other former U.S national team player came back Eddie Johnson Eddie Johnson commented and was like bro are you kidding me did you see what I did can you believe this little bro at Josie Altador like he, he fought back but Pepe proved that one game literally one game one performance one massive goal 
another assist, but he's looking he's looking the part so far. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was awesome. Um, and uh, and once he put his goal in and we were up two one, it really felt like Honduras was starting to crumble. They were definitely slower and getting tired, and um, and then and then two more followed in in decently quick succession. Um, with our boy Aronson hopping up uh, and making his his presence known. I think another big takeaway from this result is uh, when, I was going to have to say United, when the United States exactly went uh, went up and and you know, like really put their stamp on this game, how many big names were on the field? Was Pulisic on the field? Was McKinney on the field? Was Reyna on the field? Was Stefan on the field? No, no. It was pretty much Tyler Adams being the Tyler Adams dude, but really it was just subs coming on and making a, an a, a, an improvement to a team that was seemed to be lacking belief and ability, um, and in turn has made this viewer and fan believe also that this team actually has some really good momentum and potential for the next break. It feels like they should absolutely beat. Jamaica in their next game, who's bottom of the the qualifying group. I think they've lost all their games so far. Um, yeah. Do, do we think Pulisic is, you know, is he not worthy of starting? Is he not their best player? He probably, he still is. Not even probably, he still is. And he, you know, he's going to be the biggest part of this team. But Pepe now in the conversation. And we, we talked in the intro, what will probably be the intro, I see about how Pulisic has not gotten that kind of love at Chelsea anymore. Does that translate over to the U.S. national team at all? Who knows? We'll see. Probably not. Probably not. I personally think it's kind of an ego thing with with Pulisic. You come in, um, you know, you play for a domestic team, Chelsea, where you're at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, you look up to these players you play with, and you you're not the go-to star. You come on the U.S. men's national team, and you are the star. You're Captain America. Um, I think it could get in his head a little bit. I think that's maybe why he doesn't perform as well. Uh, but granted, the the sport of football, the sport of soccer, you can't, you know, one player. Uh, it's tough for them to take over a match like LeBron does in in, in the NBA. So I don't know. we'll see. Hopefully, you know, he's a superstar. So hopefully, he'll uh, he'll get back and he'll put in three against Jamaica. That's fair. Wouldn't wouldn't be angry if he did that. We'll just we'll just say that. Other international storylines we wanted to talk about: Messi doing big things, big surprise. He uh, he got a hat trick. If you're uh, if you're not following the uh, the, the South America um, uh, qualifiers uh, against Bolivia, so you know measly opponents, but uh, in in so doing, he has passed uh, all other South American uh, international male soccer players uh, and and is the all time leading uh, goal scorer. Uh, which he there's a lot of videos surfacing of him crying and getting very emotional about that, and and also being. Def- able to formally celebrate the uh the copa america win in front of his uh, argentinian fans and and family so um you know that was a touching moment that we have to capture for posterity on this on this podcast yeah really sweet moment you know it's crazy too so ronaldo just made news uh maybe a week or two ago by becoming the the highest scoring international men's soccer player uh need to point out that there are several women who have scored more. Um, and he, it's crazy to think that Messi's now, what, 79 goals, international international goals, and I think Ronaldo just hit 111. Um, I, I did not expect the goal difference between them to be so large. 
I'm not sure what the caps or what the games are between them, but you know, Messi's got some work to do. All right, come on, Messi, <laughs> come on, man, you're the goat in my book. What a summer for Messi, though. Goes to PSG, wins the Copa America, something that's eluded him his whole career when everyone's talked shit about his ability to play at the international level, and now breaks this record. Obviously, means a lot to him, probably because of Pele and their relationship or how much of a superstar he was to him when he was growing up so 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 exciting and then on the european side we've got some teams showing out in world cup qualifying like denmark who started to do their thing in the euros and have just carried that momentum over they're six and oh in the group the only undefeated team i believe or maybe not undefeated but the definitely the only team to win every single one of their games in a weaker group but they have 22 goals for and zero against Wow. So all our all our supporters, all our FOFs out there in Denmark, we see you. We see you and we support you. Very exciting. Oh, we should also shout out Italy. Their international team is going off. They they have set the record recently. I'm not sure the exact number, but they have the longest undefeated, I think, national team streak. Um, they are hot coming off that European uh, Cup victory, the dub. Yeah, I think it was Eli. like 38, 38, 38 games in a row, it, something like that. It's insane. 38. They, they are very good. They are a team. I mean, look, World Cup's around the corner. They are the, I think they got to be the favorite. Yeah, is Italy the favorite after winning Euros? So that, is that where we're pivoting? We're picking a favorite right now because we are? <laughs> for next for the World Cup next year. We'll talk about Champions League starting this week later, but World Cup 2022, <laughs> who's winning it, boys? Because if uh, if you guys aren't picking my boys France, get out of here, dog. <laughs> if you're not putting Jamaica anywhere near the top, don't even talk to me, dude. Yeah, this conversation's over, dog. <laughs> it makes me sad that Iceland is towards the bottom of their group. I would love to see them in a World Cup. Yeah. Did they make the World Cup? They had those runs in Euros. Did they ever make the World Cup? I think they did. The last oh, World I, Cup. I they, think they, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Sad for Iceland. England crushing their group. Croatia up top, seeing if they can stick around near the top after their World Cup finals run. Netherlands, Norway, with uh, Erling Haaland doing his thing internationally as well. Israel, shout out to my boys Israel, who uh, are third in their group. So there's a shot. There's a real shot there. And then Belgium continues to dominate. So... Kind of the teams you'd expect so far. Still a lot of World Cup qualifying to play. Spain as well. Portugal as well. All those teams. Absolutely. Eli, did I hear you allude that the Champions League starts this week? Champions League, Icy Bot. Or not the Icy Bot. But yes, Champions League. Uh, yes. I'm hyped for it. No, uh, no Winter Bot right now. I don't have any quick, heavy-hitting stats. Or maybe surface-level stats for, uh, for Champions League. But... Look, start Tuesday, Wednesday, we've got some big games. Young Boys, Man United. Uh, I think we got Liverpool versus Milan. Should be interesting. Atletico versus Porto. Just tune in. All right, tune in. Lots of games. It's going to be fun. It's kind of prime time for footy all around the world. Every league is back. There's still the excitement of the leagues all just starting up. MLS is much further along, so the playoff races are heating up, which is kind of funny to say because we're the only league that has any sort of playoff race. Um, but the playoff race in the MLS is heating up and there's a lot of jockeying going on for the sixth and seventh spot in the Eastern conference. You've got, let's see, five teams within three points 
between fifth and ninth, and Inter Miami's heating up. Columbus, who was so good last year, is in tenth. So they they've got work to do if they want to make the playoffs. And in the Western Conference, Minnesota sitting in sixth right now. I see. So they're they're just hanging on. They're trying to hang on one of those last playoff spots. Man, yeah, we got we got passed by Portland yesterday when they won and we lost. Uh, we did play Seattle, and they're a very tough team. Uh, disappointing 1-0 result, though. Maybe expected. Now we've got Sporting Kansas City, which is number two in the West. So we've got some big games that we've got to got to find a way to get some points. Might have to live stream one of those playoff games, one of the Minnesota playoff games down the road a month or two from now. Definitely. A lot of footy going on. We're talking about it, as always, the footy fellas, because it just makes sense. And uh, any final words, I see Minnesota Vikings week one performance? <laughs> Oh, since we promised we'd get to it boy. and if anyone heard that and is listening just because of that we don't want to leave them hanging you know but it's just classic minnesota sports we get screwed over by this by the replays that never make our calls well you know it was a, it was a fun game for a fan who likes football uh, which i wouldn't characterize myself as but it's fun to see points go up on the board overtime we got the loss in overtime but um yeah, I think we had 17 penalties on our team, which was like a record. Just just sloppy, just sloppy. But um, should we, you know, different strategy, you know, could have been taken. Do you just take the field goal right away when you're in the position to do it, win the game, or do you bring down the clock and then risk fumbling the ball as we did? Well, I'm not the head coach, so he'll be tormented and have a rough night's sleep tonight. That's on him. And uh yeah, as he should. He gets paid a lot of money. So you don't sleep, but you get paid a lot of money. You chose. You, that's what you chose. That's what you chose, man. That's what you chose. So it is what it is. I think Jones and I are just lucky we don't have to talk about the Giants or Bears loss because they haven't happened yet. So just good timing, really. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. See you next week. Jake and Amir got Jake and Amir. Oh, if I were you, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So I was just going to spring on you both. Do you have any unsolicited advice? Nice. Nice. As just like a quick break. So something totally separate from the conversation <laughs> that would just get spliced in, you know, a minute from each of you. Love random it. advice. 